for tuning in to an episode of Semio Decoded. This is episode five, our last for 2022. It's a special episode. We're doing an end of year reflection and we have a special milestone coming up in the upcoming year that we're going to be talking about as well. We'd like to start off with some introductions and we'll just do a quick round. Ben, why don't we start with you? Thanks. Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, my name is Ben Threadgill. I'm director of technology here at Asimio, also one of the uh, original co-founders of Asimio. So, um, my background is in public education, spent a lot of years building full stack software for public education and really enjoyed that and uh, brought those talents here to Asimio as we continue to uh, deliver great software to our clients. Hi, I'm Aaron Bean, managing director and co-founder of Asimio and really excited that we're closing out the year on such a fun and interesting podcast episode. Hey y'all, and I'm Jessica England and uh, Director of Strategy and Partnerships at SMU. We are at the end of the year, taking some time to reflect. It's been a great year. We are looking ahead to a really important milestone too. So in July of 2023, that marks our 10 year anniversary as an organization. <laughs> Built, from a single contract into the team that we are today, uh, it has been a journey. So we're gonna talk a little bit about that today, uh, reflect on the past 10 years, look ahead to next year and what the next 10 years may hold. Um, so we're excited to dive into some questions and reflections. What were you doing 10 years ago? 10 years ago, let's see. It's 2013. Thir yeah, 35 years old, uh, living here in Tulsa, no kids yet. Did have a sports car. Love that sports car then. Wait, you were 35 years old? Yeah. 10 years, 10 years ago. ago. Yeah. You were 45? Mm-hmm. We're the same age. 44. I need to check my map. I'm younger. <laughs> oh. You're at the age where you, you don't know how old you are. Are you really is, 45? There's a threshold. You're older? 78. When are you born? What, what, what month? October. Oh, you just turned. Okay, May. Yeah, just turned. I thought I was older. So did I. Wait. Ten years later. <laughs> hold on, hold on. You find hold on. out. October. Yeah. Of seventy eight. Yeah. What month? May. Of seventy eight. You're older. Wait, am I forty five? You're older. I'm forty five? Well <laughs> Right. Speaking of conflict, I've got a big problem. <laughs> Maybe I'm problem. wrong. This we're at the okay. age I forget yeah, okay. how old I am. How old? There's a website for this. So this is a how old what year is I? this? This is twenty two. Twenty two. Yeah. Twenty two. So you have a calculator. And even I'm pretty sure. 44. I'm pretty sure I'm Both 44. Oh, uh, 44. My fault. Oh, right. busted on the podcast. Ow. Ow. Aaron, make sure that stays that in. Painful. Make sure that stays in. Oh, that's funny. So this is, don't yeah. worry, I, I handle a lot of the complex stadium. Like yes. <laughs> so living in Tulsa, yeah, uh, I think I was three years into an education software company at that point. Um, but, um yeah, uh, Brighter Logic. Brighter Logics, yeah. Logics, yeah, that's yep. right, Brighter Logics. Yeah. Yep, Brighter Logics. That's where I was at. I was unemployed. <laughs> I think that's, um, I read somewhere, probably in a, in a source I won't be able to remember that one of the main reasons that individuals start their own company is because they can't find a job. <laughs> and so I think I was, because I was back from the Peace Corps. Right. And, um, and it was looking like I hadn't found found anything. I think I was doing some contract work actually at that point when we met. Well, okay, so you, I mean, 
y'all were just getting started and it was it was it would be less than a year before i would cross paths with y'all yeah because so we ended like up yeah we, potential. Were, yeah, we yeah. were moving into the space right. and you were working for the hie and we yeah. were moving into outside of education right into health and human services yep. and um justice involvement and we partnered with the organization that you're working right. with. Right, yeah. exactly. Which is now the statewide HIE, My Health Access Network, yep. for Oklahoma. Yeah. So right. you were there in the beginning helping build that system and um, we were helping connect in social services organizations, uh, the safety net organizations. Wow. Do you remember that? Yeah. I was thinking back to our first office we had over there where we rented like one room <laughs> we have enough revenue coming in to rent one room in a building and it was, that was an old office yeah mm -hmm. it wasn't even a building yeah, it was an old, old renovated house we've just been bouncing closer and closer to like to the arts district right we're just yeah. moving oh, further yeah. and further north into town there's like four businesses yeah. in there i think <laughs> mm -hmm. one yeah one two three four yeah and then we like expanded out and eventually we had the whole house mm -hmm. um, except for maybe one room, I think. And then, yeah. And then moved, yeah, moved we to just a different bounced. house. We moved to a different house, yeah. <laughs> upgraded. <laughs> so that was our starter home. And then, and we, then expanded into the whole house. Yeah. Then yeah. moved to yeah. a warehouse. What? That's right. Oh yeah. 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 And right. You led that renovation, right? Uh, that was a good one. Yeah. It was a good one. It really was. It was transformative. Economical. <laughs> that's you want both those you want economically transformative that was awesome <laughs> it was and now we're here talk about first impressions ben what was your first impression of me <laughs> i think I, I think my first impression was uh you know that commercial like the most interesting man in the room <laughs> it's like every time i have a conversation with you and i'm like oh yeah, I'm thinking about how, like magic's interesting to me. Like, oh yeah, I had a little show for a while to do that, or just <laughs> everything that comes up. It's like you've got a story, you've done it. Like, here's an interesting fact about it. Uh, so I think that was one of my first impressions of you. Because my first impression of you was just like a solid, like, oh well, this is the kind of guy that you could trust, and you there's not a lot of. Um, you know, gamesmanship there. It's kind of like what you see is what you get. And um, that has been really consistent also throughout the years. And then Aaron, for you, it was like immediately- It was also grounded for yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Grounded, calm. Stable. <laughs> <laughs> All of those things. Uh, I mean, right out of the gate, we were working as a team, right? So yeah. we, but in different organizations, but working towards the same goal. And so it was just this experience of immediate, like, uh immediate just partnership right yeah. and it was like okay this is somebody like you've got my back you know and so then when we got together you know and started working together as um you know at a semi when i joined not that long after it was like this was just it was a great dynamic all the way around which is one of the reasons i you know was like yeah yes i want to run a business with these folks like this is awesome totally yeah and i remember because we were working on a project and you were project managing the team and the organization you were working at and i was project managing the team and the organization that that i was working at asimia and i remember my first impression was one of extreme competence and excellent prioritization which may also later made it you know highly desirable to recruit you 
Um, because I remember we were working on, you know, getting the initial requirements going and stuff like that. And you could tell, like when we sat down and used time, it was highly um, curated and we got through and you were very relational as well. But the thing that made my, my initial first impression was just how well you were like scoping and narrowing down to get to the actual meat of the project, which was it's very helpful in that particular project for sure. Yeah. Something similar for me. I think it was a cross between, uh, for you, just like this power executive coming in. Cause you came in in the middle of a bit, a bit of a tense situation. I think Aaron even told me how he brought you in. Like part of your interview was literally sitting in front of an, one of our executive art, an executive of one of our clients, uh, to talk through an issue. So like you made it through that and then also mixed with part fashionista. That's one thing that <laughs> I like Nista. even like today, it's like, I feel like you've upped the level that we all try to dress and aspire toward. So. I mean, to be fair, that wasn't hard to up it in me's level of <laughs> fashionistas. That's amazing. That's funny. You know, when I was like getting dressed this morning, I was like, oh, I should probably think about this. This is a very like elder millennial outfit. I feel like it's not cool anymore. <laughs> so thank Wait, you. it comes back around. It does, I know. Probably just wait another couple years. (laughs) (laughs) No, so that particular, the way that Jess was like interviewed was really funny because basically it was, we'd been talking about a possible move over to Simeo um, and you weren't working at the HIE then, you were working for a health system and basically we had a key partner who um, led and continues to lead an amazing local organization. And they called with a really serious uh, technology and infrastructure problem. And they were like, look, we're afraid this organization might actually be at risk. Like the sustainability of the entire organization is a very large and very critical one for the community. And we need someone to come in and help us with this critical project. It was a technology project. And then, and they were like, and can you meet today for lunch to talk about it? And I was like, of course hung up the phone and called Justin. I was like, here's the deal. If you want to work for us, you have to meet for lunch today and you have to like win over this key executive too as well. And by the way, I don't really have time to give you much background on the project. See you soon. Fly, click. Here's the address. I think I even had to text you the location. Yeah, you did. And so you just walked in. This is one of your skills is you just walked in, no problem, little amount of information and just consumed what you needed in real time to, and, and actually that project ended up incredibly successful. Yeah, yeah, that was incredibly fun. That was a long yeah. engagement, though, but it more yeah. evolved over time. Now I was like, okay, these are these are um, people who are heartfelt and competent. Wanted to good in the world, have some sense about them, um, and and for me, because I came in. I mean, y'all have been working together already for a little while, so it was a little bit different. Um, but the opportunity to build something with folks like that that you could put your trust in. Absolutely. Um, I didn't have a job. (laughs) I needed to get paid. um, So it's funny because I didn't have this like vision to be an entrepreneur and, but I did want to do good work in the world. Like I, and that was my, my challenge was I had a tech background. I'd worked at big tech. I had a lot of technology management experience, PMO experience and building infrastructure. And then I was in the United States Peace Corps and I had a real heart for service and affecting community for good. 
And then, um, so it was trying to merge that. Mm-hmm. And like, I think, you know, it turned out that you were willing to accept that because when we were first talking, I remember mm-hmm. in the very first days, it was like, look, this is what I'm doing now. And if we're gonna work together, I wanna do it in the social impact space. Yep. And we had to talk through that because that wasn't necessarily given in the beginning. And so I guess the short answer is, is like that, you know, you didn't say no too much. <laughs> you were willing to like take a risk together. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, I do remember some of those conversations. And I think that's what appealed to me as well is that I always really had a heart for that mission focused work and the vision that you had cast forward in that moment of even widening outside of education for me was really appealing. Um, and then also, even though you said you weren't an entrepreneur, I still felt that scrappiness that you have to have as an entrepreneur to do what it takes to work the long hours or to put in the effort to actually stand up enough infrastructure to make things work long before you have other people around and it's just you, there's no one else to do the work. And I really got that sense. Like even when we worked on that first project that you were going to be there, you were going to do that and that um, we could make something great out of it. Okay. The question then for you two, what's been the most rewarding thing about starting a semi running a semi being in this space? I think for me, the most rewarding, I did this activity a while back uh, with engineers because sometimes when you're at a computer coding, it's hard to relate the work that we do. And sometimes you get lost behind the code and um, what's in between the impact that we make. And I had them all make a list of start writing down, think about our client's client and what they are. And I want you to think about who that person is. And let's write a few of those down. So compiling those together and then taking a step back and being able to say, wow, like we may have impacted um, a woman who was in an abusive relationship. We may have helped a family receive some type of critical services because their power was just turned off. We helped another family who just got evicted and just thinking about that and the work that we're doing just empowers our clients to be able to really make a difference in those people, individual people's lives. Um, That's just something that really sits with me that I'm really proud of. I really, I really love building things and and like solving problems and puzzling. And if you are an entrepreneur, there's never <laughs> like a, a, a problem, find a problem to solve or something to build. And so like, I have a lot of joy out of the interactions that we have as a team and the people that I get to work with every day and the partners and clients we have. And the idea that we've built that together, you know, is um, just gives a lot back personally. It's definitely like building uh, the team, building an environment that I personally want to work in. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we've talked about that before. <laughs> it's too hard. Like, what would we do if we weren't at a semio and we're like ruined because we're, you know, we've built this environment and we're a little feral, I think, to go into <laughs> like other <laughs> organizations. Like, I mean that in a good way. Um, but you know, so much about it is creating this positive space for people to come in and showcase their talents. And you create a community, you know, we spend so much time together and with our teammates that 
that to me is in many ways, even some days above the work that we are doing is like the greatest reward. Yeah. It's nice to not like, there's never a day that I go to bed, like wondering if I'm doing like the right thing. Like there's days that I wonder if I'm doing the right thing to do the right thing, if that makes sense. You know, if I made the right decisions, but trying to enable social impact organizations to have better access to data and, and help, you know, facilitate insight is just fulfilling. Well, you guys should ask a question. One of you should yeah. I keep asking a question. Craziest late night you've pulled. At SMU. Tangentially work. Not later. in just college. Just to clarify. Not in college. How many of you want to share? Actually, I don't even think Ben would have that many interesting stories to be honest about college. Star. Do you have a any? That's as wild as it gets for Ben. <laughs> he went to 85 miles an hour one day. What? He's like, I would never do that. I have a, I have, you know, one that comes to mind for me. Yeah. I have one that comes to mind. What? So you it may be you the do. same one. Is it the website rebuild? No. Then you, you, you start, you go. Uh, so I remember working on a client project and we were building the front end for this project and um the client was responsible for the api layer and it was coming up until the client's board meeting and we were our our work was right up to the goal line we're working hard to get it done and then right at the 11th hour the client said or the yeah the client's development team said yeah we're not gonna have those apis done so we have no data to run through to do a demo for the board meeting and so we get on the phone and say, what do we do? This is one of those pivotal moments. Are we going to push through and find a way to make it happen? Or are we just going to let this fail right now? Now this of the is board? at like 11 o'clock at night yeah. or something when we've already been working all day on yeah. this. And that all they had to do was wire up the back end. Yep. All they had to do, quote. Right. So for those that don't know, um, there's a front end and a back end, and they both come together in order to provide a working product. Yeah. And so in that moment, we made the decision, we're going to make it work. We're going to do the work. <laughs> and so we're talking to, where are we going to do this? It's like, just come over. So you came over to my house and we had this little tiny office and we just cram in the office and, uh, my wife and kids are in bed, they go to bed and we just keep on working and work through the night. And lo and behold, we got it done. We pushed through, we, we're, we're researching ICD-10 codes and like what things mean to simulate data, built API endpoints, and actually got them through the demo, and it, it was a working product. Yeah, because we didn't know the domain. That's the problem, is we didn't actually know what was supposed to show up in these data elements that we built. And so I was Googling and getting screenshots of systems that had data like this in it and be like, I guess these are what diagnoses look like. And we'll just copy and paste and then what's built the back end, throwing the data in. And it did. It not only it not only worked, it got the product out the door, the board meeting went awesome. And now there is a whole company that's built, a multi-million dollar company built off of that product that we pushed through that night. And I think, and that's a, that was a great story. Yeah. That was a great one. That was a better one than the one I was thinking of, I think. Well, what was the one you were thinking? So, so we got wind, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're growing, there's certain opportunities that come up in a brand and an impression you want. And we got wind that a, um, a very influential 
individual in our space who has a lot of resources that was considering putting them in, into different areas was going to be evaluating our website like looking at us as a company and, we're, and actually i didn't even know that we knew they were going to be buying a website but we knew that that's where they would start and we didn't know exactly when but sometime in the next few days and we thought we could have a better website and so we lit again it's a very similar story it was like seven o'clock night it's like okay we're just gonna do it now and so went over to ben's it's always over at your house thank you for that <laughs> sure so we go over to ben's house and just start building so we designed it and built it in one evening just through the night and so we would tra- take turns like kind of just one of us would sleep and one of us would work on it <laughs> so i bet they weren't the same house though because ben you in the last 10 years like how many houses how many houses have you moved in four we have a bit oh. of a habit i think four or five we have a bit of habit of moving in renovating and then realizing oh we could sell this and let's do it all over again so but this is the last one <laughs> that's what he says knock on, <laughs> not for some wood to knock on yeah this is the last last one so i've got a question like what what do you feel like you've learned about leadership over the last 10 years or what has changed about your leadership mentality or um what kind of lessons do you feel like stand out for you i think for me i've learned that leadership is more about me not having to have all of the answers and not always having to lead and i've really settled into a more servant leadership model in which I really try to focus on empowering others and helping others meet their full potential and not always having to have the answer. Cause to me, that's not what it's always about to be a good leader. It's really enabling and empowering other people to, to do that. And it allows them to grow at the same time. Yeah. Good answer. There's two things that come to mind. One is, you there's no such thing as over communication (laughs) and checking in and you know whether you're a big team or a small team the assumption that communication has happened uh it's an easy one to make and just checking in for understanding creating space for people to ask questions um and then the other and this is just infused in everything that we do is just staying grounded in empathy and understanding where people are coming from you know, we are whole people at work, right? And that comes with a lot of things. The last several years, of course, have been particularly um, volatile for many. And, but even before that too, you know, there's just all kinds of things that show up in life and that shows up in your work. And I think just being aware and recognizing how that affects people and their day-to-day and at work, right? There's not a separation. And so I think you have to just maintain that always yeah you know i feel like one of the things has been how important introspection is Mm -hmm. and um especially when if you have authority then it's easy to misuse that or to get caught into what you were talking about about like thinking that you're supposed to have all the answers for Mm -hmm. example and you have to make all the decisions and the times when uh, I feel like I've grown most or when I realize something about myself that was new or uncomfortable, like, um, like for example, y'all, y'all probably don't realize this, but I can be intense in my energy. So you've been, probably never experienced that in the last 10 years. Not in the last 10 years, Aaron. 
I think actually, Jessica, you, there was a specific moment in time that we can both go back to where you were pulling me aside and saying, Hey, you're intense. And sometimes that's pretty much. And, and, you know, and, and it wasn't, it didn't come from a bad place, but getting that learning and that insight that sure. others don't perceive you as you perceive yourselves yeah. as simple as it sounds is, um, it, it, that's like ever present. And I think that especially as the owner an organization grows and demands more different things from you as a leader, then you have to be willing to always challenge some of those preconceived notions. And that can be very difficult and getting perspective can be very difficult. That's why I'm really grateful that we have a partnership because we can kind of push and test each other on those things and, and get that insight. And we have a great team too, that is willing to speak up and, and give perspective as well. We've had our fair share of traveling. That we have. And international and domestic. And um curious what your favorite or wackiest travel stories. I mean, it was pretty surreal whenever we were in Scotland and the Queen passed. Because we were like at a dating conference. I mean, it doesn't seem all that it was a very interesting conference, but it doesn't really seem all that it didn't seem all that grounded in you know royalty or the world around us in many ways you're you're with academics generally and government officials who are thinking about this stuff and then suddenly there's a huge you know national and global event that is in the region it's centered in the region that you're in and so the the streets suddenly were crowded and everyone was talking about it and people's phones were blowing up and um and i learned a lot about what other countries you know about what scotland thinks about like the different <laughs> perspectives on um what do they call ruralist if they're ruralism or ruralist or not. yeah 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 you did really good so a few years before we were in wales and i remember like i think it was right when we were leaving and was it something to do with brexit there was like a big momentous event then too like some oh yeah passed. i think it was i remember i think they were voting on brexit in yeah. this like airport yeah. uh, watching the tv and going like oh my gosh and then so yeah so when we go to the uk they're not gonna happen. let us they're not gonna let us back there <laughs> so in the spirit of change how we deliver services how we build technology what we build has changed but how would you describe that I think one of the first things that come to mind is just how we structure projects and how we go about building what we build. We started out very waterfall and we first started developing systems thinking we need to plan every single detail, build the entire map beginning to end before we start. And we really found out that that doesn't work for a lot of reasons and over time have transitioned our processes to uh, more of an agile process where we build a little bit as we go, we constantly checking in, develop, uh, delivering working software to the client and allowing them to help prioritize as they go and really get them the right solution. So even though they think they may need a moped, we end up with a sports car by the end of it uh, or whatever um, the correct metaphor is there. Ben really wants a sports car. I do. I keep coming away. back to that. <laughs> Might be something to look at there. <laughs> when you're retired. Yeah, you can yeah. there we go. Midlife, post midlife crisis. <laughs> Yeah. How, how would you characterize it, that shift? I think from, uh, I mean, as our domain has deepened, mm -hmm. uh, a lot has changed. We understand more about the complexities, like what is hard about workflow and, 
and data sharing and referrals and coordinating care for community members. Um, there's been a lot of insights there. There in in the private sector, there's a, a a lot of times a central authority. You're talking about like a business enterprise where there's someone who can make decisions that flow throughout that enterprise or a group of people. But in 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 society and communities, there's a level of decentralization that's very difficult to design systems and technology for. And that's been a really interesting lesson. Um, in addition, technology has evolved, um, specifically application platforms as a service. There's always a tension. Even two days ago, I had a partner ask me about low-code, no-code solutions. Mm -hmm. And most engineers will have a very strong opinion on that immediately about, <laughs> and about how like um, difficult it is to actually implement something like that um however there has been more virtualization over time it goes all the way back even to whenever we used to have servers and rooms and now cloud services have you know primarily the the manner in which a lot of technology technology is delivered um, and then certain parts of applications have been virtualized too, where you have application platforms as a service as well. Um, and so I think that as in some ways technology becomes easier, but also our domain becomes deeper. And then as Ben mentioned, our processes become better. All those things have shifted over time and will continue to shift as more powerful technologies come out that can support the world. Absolutely. How have you seen the last in the last 10 years the like our processes or technology or people shift. I don't know if I have a ton to add on top of that. I think that where we really, I see us invest time in finding ways to be more efficient. I mean, through some of the planning and shifting how we work so that we mitigate against rework. It's better for our clients. It's better for our team. It helps us stay in a position where we can evolve with the folks we're working with. And I think just a big plus one to what y'all are talking about. And yeah, you have to continue to evolve. So thanks y'all for tuning in to our final episode of the year. Uh, be sure to stay tuned for what's going to be coming up in 2023. We'll be back in the first part of the year with another episode. Excited to share and celebrate more amazing things, bring more great stories and interesting folks who are working in this space. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And thanks again. an episode where we say what we really want to say you know what it's fucking feast or famine and it sucks it's the dread pie rob it's every day you did a fine job but maybe no, i'm just kidding no 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 it's